This is Baseball Across the Commonwealth, taking you to the great baseball towns around the great state of Virginia. Welcome to another episode of Baseball Across the Commonwealth, a foulball area production taking you to the great baseball towns across the state of Virginia. We've already visited some great towns, most recently the northern Virginia town of Vienna. To hear any of our older episodes, check them out at foulballarea.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Today we're traveling west on Interstate 66, back to the Shenandoah Valley to visit the city of Winchester. Winchester has a long history dating back to Native Americans who inhabited the area prior to European exploration. The town was officially founded as Fredericktown in 1738, before being renamed Winchester in honor of Colonel James Wood of Winchester, England. The city saw action during both the American Revolution and the Civil War, changing hands as many as 72 times during the latter. There are seven major Civil War battlefields in or around the city. In the 20th century, Winchester was the first city south of the Potomac River to install electric light. Country Music Hall of Famer Patsy Cline was born in Winchester and lived in the area until her career took her to Nashville. Winchester today is home to roughly 28,000 people, the small college of Shenandoah University, and a Valley Baseball League team. We begin our visit today with Graham Knight, a board member of the Winchester Royals. Joining me now on the podcast to talk about the Winchester Royals and the Winchester area in general is Graham Knight, a board member of the Royals, and you're also in charge of live streaming for the entire Valley Baseball League. So you don't just know about the Royals, you have some pretty big knowledge about the entire Valley Baseball League, if I'm correct. You are correct. You are correct. And a good memory you have, too. I think we worked together, it was two years ago, wasn't it, at Harrisonburg? Yep, 2019, I was working with the Turks, and you were doing the live streaming throughout the Valley League. And we had the, the all-star game that got rained out about a couple innings in. That was, that yeah. was a fun time. But you are now on the board with the Winchester Royals. I, if I remember correctly, I think you told a story that you didn't really know about the Valley Baseball League until a couple of years ago. And when you discovered the Royals, it was just like this eye-opening experience to you that there's this, this team in Winchester and this league all ar- around the Valley that is such a big part of people's lives. What was it like when you discovered the Royals? Well, so I have to take you back to about 2009 um, to kind of set the stage for all of that. Um, You know, when I moved to the area, I heard rumors that there was like a professional team here or some kind of semi-pro team, but I kept kind of looking around like, well, where do they play? Where's the stadium? You know, baseball is not exactly easy to hide. Um, So fast forward to like 2016, I was a horrible baseball player. And when my son came to me and said, Hey dad, could I take a a summer camp because I'd like to play baseball better with my friends, super sympathetic. So I started looking for um, summer camp for him and uh, the Winchester parks and rec in Frederick County do this great job uh, in terms of publishing catalogs and events and um, different classes you can take. Anyway, the Winchester Royals were putting on, the summer baseball camp. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. And so I ended up at Jim Barnett Park and ended up at um, Bridge Fourth Field. And all of a sudden, you know, my experience in 2009 and wandering around Winchester finally kind of connected. And I was like, oh, this is where they play. Um, So anyway, the camp was amazing. I grew up playing hockey and the hockey camps that I took, um, you know, where the the coaches came in from the NHL, there were um, college teams. They were like top coaches. As a matter of fact, one of the guys that taught me was six degrees removed from the guys that taught the 1980 uh, uh, Miracle on Ice team that oh, won wow. the medal against the Russians. Anyway, I'm not that good, so don't get the wrong idea about me as a hockey player. But um, when I started seeing what the Royals were doing with these kids, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is an amazing class. This is really good stuff. They I mean they drilled into all the stuff, how to 
field, all the little tricks for um, how to handle the ball and all this other stuff. Anyway, so then, of course, the natural um, extension of that is, well, let's go see them play. And as soon as I saw the caliber of baseball, it just kind of blew my mind. Um, you know, I've often considered Winchester as this land of great undiscovered secrets. Um, you know, you talk about doing your travel podcast. I mean, I think the Winchester Royals are certainly one of those um, undiscovered or, or maybe slightly forgotten. They were much bigger in the 70s, um, especially during the uh, uh, baseball strikes, the major league strikes. Um, some of the big players came to play here. I mean, the, apparently the roster was pretty crowded back then. Plus, the story I love is, you know, Winchester is like six degrees separated from the Kansas City Royals. I don't know how this happens, but you have the Winchester Royals where Dayton Moore was a manager here back in the 70s. He's now general manager at the Kansas City Royals. So um, I don't know how that all worked out. But anyway, um, stumble on the Royals kind of blows my mind that there's all this great baseball and start looking around like, you know, does everybody know about this? You know, it took me, what is it, um, seven years to kind of track it down and figure it out. Uh, so that's kind of how I got sucked in. And ever since then, I've been, you know, um, producing video series about it. I've been live streaming it, trying to get the word out. And, uh, you know, you talk about the that all-star game we did together was probably the most anticlimactic all-star game. It was rainy. There wasn't much action. And I think, honestly, you know, looking back on the game, there was like one highlight where the guy overslid second on a wet AstroTurf, which was, you know, kind of comical. Um, anyway. So, you know, if you get a chance, and by the way, Bridgeforth Field is in the process of being renovated. It hasn't started yet, but Shenandoah University has taken on a big initiative to kind of upgrade the fields in that area, in part for the um, high schools, but also for the college team, obviously, and the Royals will be a beneficiary of that. Yeah, definitely, of course. Um, there's, there's plenty of great fields around the Valley Baseball League. I'm, of course, a little biased being from Harrisonburg and having worked for the Turks and uh, um, Eagle Field at JMU is one of the newer ballparks. So I'm, of course, a little biased, but how would you say Bridgeforth compares to the, the fields around the Valley League? Well, the Bridgeforth now or the Bridgeforth that's coming? I mean, look, JMU is by far, I mean, that is a um, class act. You know, it's got the AstroTurf. They do have the lightning detectors, um, but you can play at that field when the rest of the league would be shut down because of weather. That is kind of the precursor for what Winchester will become. You know, they're going to put in AstroTurf. They're going to change that whole thing. Once they do that, you know, we have an equivalent of facility to a JMU. Um, you know, right now, you know, just kind of thinking random thoughts. Um, you know, Charlottesville plays at a high school. Covington plays at a high school. Um, Harrisonburg definitely has a nice thing. You know, um, Newmarket has this kind of very romantic setting. You know, people are kind of looking for uh, the travel. And this is one of the things, you know, look, we're talking travel here a little bit. Um, and I think about the, the people who go out to Arizona and Florida to watch the spring training games. I personally think the Shenandoah Valley is a great place to come. And, you know, a lot of people would used to come through here to see the Civil War and deal with that part of the history and the campaigns that kind of went up and down here. I mean, one little tidbit, just to kind of do a little small bit of history for you. Uh, Winchester changed hands in the Civil War like 74 times. Oh, wow. So imagine, you know, it's Monday and you kind of peek out your door. Are we the North or the South today? Which flag do we put out? <laughs> I mean, right? Seven, think about that, 74 times. But, you know, if you think about coming out here for a baseball um, tour and kind of touring the area from Percival to Winchester to um, 
Strasburg to, you know, one of the nicer fields, honestly, is Bing Crosby's in Front Royal. Uh, that is a really nice facility. Um, the fence is a little wonky because of the netting and the close proximity of the other fields behind it. But that's a really nice field. Uh, but, you know, people looking for a place to come, come out when the baseball season is in full swing and take a tour down 81. You know, I'll drive that 81, I don't know, 20, probably 50, 40 times, something like that in a season. And, I, you know, I never get tired of it. There's something kind of magical about the Shenandoah Valley. Yeah, definitely. And there definitely is. I, I completely agree with you there. You said that the Royals were a little bigger back in the day, back in the 70s. They they were a little bit of a bigger deal around Winchester. But what do they mean now to the Winchester community? How how big is this team in that area? You know, interesting question. I mean, it it um, it's kind of goes back to it takes a village. You know, they're big enough to where um, – Pre-COVID, we had the families to house the teams. That's a big commitment. You know, you have 40 players more coming in. You need players to house them. You need sponsors to help pay the bills. You need people to help pay for the bus. Um, you know, we'll pack 800 people in on a really good night at Bridgeforth. Uh, so big enough that um, – and then, you know, the thing I think there's still, honestly, I think a little bit more of a best-kept secret than – um, they are of like, um, oh my gosh, let's go see a Royals game. And I'll tell you why, you know, a couple of years ago, we had Cody Wilson who came through. You could just tell the way Cody walked on the baseball diamond uh, that he had the stuff. Um, he ended up getting drafted by the Nationals, um, ended up playing, I think, in Hagerstown, um, ended up playing in the spring training game for the Nationals. Um, then COVID hit. Um, but, you know, you have the likes of Cody Wilson come out of um, Winchester, uh, you had some other greats come out of Winchester. And, you know, I think part of what's happened is, um, you know, people may have lost sight of that. I mean, it still blows my mind. We had Dayton Moore. The guy won the World Series. He was actually a general manager in your backyard in Winchester. I mean, how cool is that? So, um, you know, I think that the, we could get the word out a little bit more. You know, I think if people came here, it'd be a little bit like the uh, Field of Dreams. You know, oh, if I build it, it will come. Well, come to Winchester or Percival or Harrisonburg, Strasburg, Covington, if you feel like making that trip, um, and check out some baseball. These are, these are some really good players. They spend, you know, all year recruiting them. Um, and these kids are, you know, they're working on living the dream. I mean, you know, can't tell you how many great, like, D3 stories. You know, I, I don't want to um, – I do want to point people to the podcast we did last year. If you're looking for, oh, well, what about the Valley League? take a listen. You know, um, we put up 40 shows last year, uh, including highlights from all the games. So you get a chance to see some of the players that came through here and, uh, you know, hear some of the stories. So, you know, I, th I think honestly, if people are looking for a little destination baseball travel, the Shenandoah Valley is a hot spot. And to be honest, I think that's another secret we want to let people in on. Yeah, definitely. And that's really cool that you guys were able to get so much content out last season, of course, with the the season being canceled, you're still able to get all those podcasts out and keep the fans involved with the Valley Baseball League. We're talking with Graham Knight of the Winchester Royals, talking about the Royals and the Winchester area. Uh, a few more questions about the team. On a, on a game day night in Winchester at Bridgeforth, what is the atmosphere like? I know teams around the, the Valley League, it's not quite like a, a minor league setting where there's all kinds of games and entertainment in between innings, but they do still do a pretty good job, teams keeping the fans engaged in between innings with little contests and games. What do the Royals do to keep fans engaged? Well, you know, it's, we have Chester. Chester's always a big highlight. Chester goes out and entertains the fans. 
Um, to me, you know, I think part of the entertainment at the Winchester Royals games is it's just a safe place and an inexpensive place to bring your family. I mean, part of what I find the charm are watching the little seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds running around shagging the foul balls. I mean, there's this little pack, you know, running around and, and, and chasing every foul ball. And there's something really kind of heartwarming about that, uh, just kind of that good family atmosphere. I mean, you know, we have our rallies and um, giveaways and our uh, announcer does a great job of um, keeping everybody engaged and we've got our soundtracks. You know, you talk about the atmosphere, though. It's kind of fun to watch the different teams come in. You know, the tension between like a Winchester and a Percival or a Winchester and a Strasburg, a uh, different kind of atmosphere when it's Winchester and say Charlottesville or Stanton or Covington. But I mean, I'm just trying to think of some of the other stuff. A lot of it's um, the kind of the, as you enter the park, uh, different vendors are there. Our sheriff is there passing out apple pie. Um, the local radio station is there giving away gifts, um, pay tribute to the military a lot. Uh, so, I mean, it's, a, it's that kind of, you know, fun, campy atmosphere. I don't want to give people the wrong idea. We are not the Savannah Bananas. You know, if you are looking for um, that guy, Jesse, Jesse sees a baseball game as five different stages. You know, there's the top deck, there's all these different stages and he's, you know, running entertainment. Um, I will tell you, you know, we do have, he's uh, stepped away from it for a little while. Um, but um, Joby was um, a professional mascot and uh, he, I think I might've said his name wrong. Anyway, he was um, the, the alligator for the Rockies or I forget what exactly what mascot he was, but um He's known to get out on the ATV, and I don't know how he does it, but in full costume, he is, you know, pulling wheelies on his ATV and running around. Now, this happens more in Charlottesville than it does in Winchester, um, but he is, you know, and he's willing to kind of mentor um, mascots. Um, but, you know, we're, I would say we're six degrees removed from the professional mascot. How's that? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I got to say, I'm kind of getting chills listening to you talk about the Royals and everything going on there. Just And it's it's just the way people talk about baseball in the Shenandoah Valley in general. I mean, there's nothing like this anywhere else. You have the major leagues, which are great. You have the minor leagues, which do a great job. But the way that these hometown teams are supported and you get fans showing up and it's just a real community feeling everywhere you go throughout the Shenandoah Valley, whether it's Winchester or Harrisonburg or even the Rockingham County Baseball League that's just in Rockingham and Augusta counties. There's just nothing like this anywhere else. And it's really, really cool to see a game at all these ballparks night in and night out. Yeah, well, let me take you back. So you got to remember you're talking to a hockey player. Um, so I know pucks and sticks. But anyway, several years ago, I'm driving through, I'm driving from LA to New York or something like that. And I stopped for dinner in St. Louis and I happened to uh, end up at a TGI Friday's right in the middle of uh, the Little League World Series. And so these kids are out there playing their hearts out. You know, they're 10, 12, 13. They're not perfect. They're wild pitches. You know, they're trying hard. They're overrunning, you know, they're overthrowing the bases, all kinds of stuff. But, you know, when you watch that, it's so compelling because the players at that age are all into it. I mean, they're just all in. Um, and to me, the Valley Baseball League and what happens in these wood bat leagues is an extension of that. The players are a little bit older, but they're still all in. You know, they haven't um, lost the charm and the love of the game. You know, it's not a job. You know, part of what I've kind of come to realize for me about baseball is I think baseball is part of what made America great. 
if you think about what baseball teaches you, it teaches you math. It teaches you have to have pretty much every single skill in order to excel at baseball. You have to be agile. You have to be fast. You have to be patient. I mean, think about that. You know, patience, that's a huge deal, especially right now. You could sit in the outfield for three hours and you lose your concentration for a couple of seconds at the wrong time. And they're going to remember your name for a really long time. So it teaches patience. Um, you know, it teaches strategy. You know, there's the good manner baseball and there's the bad manner baseball. You know, it's the one of the few games in which you can steal and cheating's, you know, kind of um, quasi accepted. Um, you know, so I think baseball is really what made it great. Plus it teaches failure. So when I look at kind of the game from the different aspects, and remember I'm a hockey player, I'm fascinated by it as a teaching tool. Um, and I really think that, you know, when you can see it in the form of the Little League World Series, which doesn't happen far from us, and then you can see it in the form of the Wood Bat Leagues, and then you can see the passion for these players like Cody Wilson, who, you know, come here, they get noticed, they get that next uh, step, or they get in some reps that they wouldn't have gotten elsewhere, and they're able to take their career to the next level. I mean, to me, that's fascinating. And so, you know, just to kind of go back to the Arizona, Florida thing, People are going there to see these, you know, teams kind of come together and the new players and kind of follow these players up. It starts here. I mean, you know, I get admittedly it starts in high school or whatever, but, you know, the extension of the college season is, you know, right here in the Valley around the Wood Bat Leagues. Yeah, for sure. So you said a little bit earlier that you think the Royals are one of these undiscovered gems or hidden gems around the Winchester area. What are some of these other gems that you would want people to know about if they were visiting Winchester? You know, I was kind of hoping you would ask that. So this is a gem for um, once COVID clears because it kind of got messed up with COVID. But each year um, in Winchester, they do the Apple Valley or the Apple Blossom Parade, kind of a celebration of apple season. And, you know, Winchester used to be the apple capital of the world. Um, Mott's is still here. Um, I forget what the other one is, White House, White House Apples. Anyway, you know, a lot of the orchards are gone, but it was like this huge apple capital. And so every year they celebrate. Um, it's like a whole, it's really kind of like a month of festivities, um, but it all kind of culminates into a week of dances and dinners and breakfasts. And they have a carnival that they set up and everyone knows about the parades and it's broadcast on TV. But what most people don't know about is Shenandoah University, which the music conserva uh, conservatory uh, as well as a great art school. Um, they host a jazz band competition as well as a concert band competition. And so back in like 09, when we, we came here, stumbled into Shenandoah University to see what the jazz band and, and concert band competition was all about. And, you know, concert bands might be 30 pieces. So there's a few more people at those um, performances. But jazz band, like hardly anybody was there. And you have these high school students who come in to compete. They're traveling three, four hours away. I did a video on it. I'll share with you if you want to share with your friends. Anyway, they travel here to compete in this competition. Think about it. They pretty much practice this stuff for months. They come for these competitions that last maybe 15 minutes. They'll play three songs in a set, and then they're judged on their performance. I've actually been moved to tears. Some of the music was so amazing. Um, and nobody knows about it. They don't, no one goes. And it just blows my mind that here are these students, you know, um, in terms of the concert bands, hundreds of students coming to compete, playing some amazing pieces. Um, and, you know, most of Winchester's missing out on it. You know, they know about the parades, they know about the carnival, uh, but they're really missing the music. And to me, if one of the gems is if you come to Winchester, 
want to do it kind of after COVID clears and check out the Apple Valley or the Apple Blossom Parade and stuff, look for the jazz band and concert band um, competitions at Shenandoah University. They are really, really worth the effort and definitely an undiscovered gym. All right. Good to know. I'll definitely recommend that to people. And yeah, I'd like to see a video of that if you don't mind sharing that with me. I'd, I'd definitely like to check that out. Yeah, that was fun. Graham, I really appreciate your time. I feel like I've learned a lot about the Royals and Winchester today. I hope that all the listeners learned a lot and hopefully COVID will be going away soon and we'll be able to have a Valley Baseball League season and get back to playing Royals baseball this summer. Well, we're, you know, just to kind of set the record straight on that front, you know, we are proceeding like we're going to have a season, you know, lots of variables. Um, you know, we know that the variants of the um, uh, virus, you know, may cause an issue. I'm not sure exactly how the governor is going to rule. Everyone's jockeying to figure out, you know, how do we block off the, and the field's already blocked off for this, by the way. How do we block off the field to provide social distancing and stuff? But right now, you know, right now we're proceeding as if we're going to play and, you know, fingers crossed that all the uh, stars align and uh, we get a season in because uh, people, I just, by the way, just talked to Kevin Anderson today. They were out playing baseball last night. Uh, started when it was 40-something. It ended up in the 20s. But that's how serious people are about playing baseball. So, yeah, for sure. They are. Yeah. Well, that, sound, that sounds good. Let's hope that yeah. we can get it done this summer. Thanks again yeah. for your time, Graham. You're welcome, Matt. Good luck with your podcast. Thanks to Graham for joining us on the podcast and telling us a little bit more about the Royals. One interesting tidbit that we didn't get to in our interview, despite the connection with Dayton Moore of the Kansas City Royals, that's actually not where the Royals' name comes from. The Royals were named after the Bridgeforth family, who were the original benefactors of the baseball team and owned the local Royal Crown Cola bottling franchise in Winchester. Now that we've learned a little bit about the baseball in Winchester, let's explore the rest of the town. To help us find out what there is to do in the area in terms of recreation and activities, we'll be joined by Josh Kirby, a native of Winchester and host of the Kirby on Sports podcast. Josh, how are you doing today? Thanks for joining me. Matt, uh, thanks for having me on. I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Yeah, I think that this should be a, a fun interview. I uh, always like talking to people about their hometowns and the, the stuff to do in their towns. So you are from Winchester. Let's just start off with a, a pretty uh, vague question. What are some of your, va- your favorite things to do in the area, some of your favorite activities in your free time? Well, basically I'm from Winchester. If you want to get more technically, I live like one town south, but yeah, we're basically right there in Winchester. But I mean, Winchester has grown substantially since I've been here almost all my life and I've seen the growth and there's more to do more businesses opening up. I mean, we've seen some businesses shut down due to COVID and whatnot, but I mean, um, there's so much to do. I, I want to start off with the walking mall. I mean, um, it's one place I would always suggest, um, people to go if you've never been to Winchester, because the walking mall is like the, the town history so to speak, because um, there's some history and it's like one just walking strip where you can walk and uh, just take in the sights and the sounds of Winchester along with some great eateries downtown as well. Um, Piccadilly's um, is a good one. Um, I also like McAdoo's. I know that's sort of a chain. I believe there's one in uh, Blacksburg, if I remember correctly, but um, you 
Yeah, I mean, stuff like that. There's a lot of good eateries. Uh, there are chain restaurants as well. But, um, I, I mean, I, I want to start off by saying the walking mall. And then you go outside of Winchester. Obviously, you have your shopping and stuff. And there's the Apple Blossom Mall. That's always a good place to go and shop and whatnot. And Jim Barnett Park. Um, that's right next to the campus of Shenandoah University. I'm sure we'll touch on that a little bit later. But, I mean, um, Jim Barnett's a beautiful park to play at. And uh, myself being a disc golfer, um, I enjoy going out there and playing a round of disc golf every now and then. So uh, a lot of nature, and it's a beautiful park, and a lot to do there with a fishing lake and stuff like that. And, um, I mean – I, I, other than that, I mean, there's so much to do in Winchester. I because I, I'll touch on my point before. There's just it's just grown so much, and I, I mean, I think there's going to be more and more stuff to do in years to come because that's how big I think Winchester is going to grow and get to. I've been to Winchester a, a few times. I've unfortunately I've never made it out to a Winchester Royals game. Um, I don't know how I've. I've lived in the Shenandoah Valley for uh, 20 or more years, and I never made it to a Winchester Royals game, but I uh, got to do that eventually. But I have been to the, the city a couple of times. I do remember at least once when I was younger, uh, my, my mom and my sister and my aunt and I went up to Winchester to go shopping and to go to Olive Garden because growing up in Harrisonburg, we didn't have much shopping and we did not have an Olive Garden for the first 21 years of my life. So that's what we went up to Winchester for. But sounds like there is a lot to do. And it does seem like the city has grown a lot in recent years. What are some of the, uh, you know, you mentioned a lot of, you said there are some chain restaurants, but you mentioned a lot of local eateries as well. What are some of your favorite restaurants to go out to in Winchester? What if they're local, man, that's a really tough one in Winchester. There is one good place on Valley Avenue um, called Claudius. And I actually know the um, owners, the owner's son. Um, good Italian place, reasonably priced, and they have really good food. And that's a small business I like to support every now and again when I'm in the Winchester area. Paper Mill Place. Um, is down there in Winchester as well, right across the street from B-Dubs. Um, that's a really good breakfast place. Um, a, a lot of people know about it, but I was just recently introduced to Paper Mill Place. So um, I, I think that's a really good one as well. Um, chain, uh, I mean, other, I mean, chain restaurants, I mean, you know, I the McAdoo's, I love the McAdoo's. Um, Benny's Pizza downtown, that's a good one. Always great to hit up Benny's for a good slice of pizza. Um, but, I mean, w once again, Matt, uh, I mean, there are just too many to choose from. But the ones that come to the top of my head, I mean, the, those are really good ones as well. But um, I, I have to say Piccadilly's is another good one. It's more of a bars type of atmosphere but they have um really good food as well i uh, you mentioned benny's and i have been really fortunate that uh, everywhere that i've lived other than washington dc everywhere that i've lived harrisonburg blacksburg and richmond has all had a benny's so i have been very fortunate in that and i love <laughs> getting a slice of pizza from benny's 
Uh, and then McAdoo's, even though it is a, a kind of a chain, it's still a regional place. So McAdoo's is always a good place to go as well. Oh, yeah. So yeah, a couple of good restaurants there. I, I got to ask you about this one. Our, our mutual friend, Dan Dembski, shares this a lot on Facebook. And I think it's on the National Register of Historic Places, the Triangle Diner. What can you tell me about the Triangle Diner? <laughs> the Triangle Diner. It there's a Facebook group called what's happening in Winchester. It's a big group for info from different people living in the area and they make jokes. They make memes. The most recent Bernie meme at the inauguration, somebody photoshopped Bernie in front of the triangle diner, because that's how popular it is. Uh, apparently it's just a standing restaurant, N nothing, no movement, nothing. Nothing's been happening. It hasn't been reopened or anything. Uh, to be honest with you, Matt, I'm not sure. I, it's been way too long, and I can't remember what happened to it before. But I know at once it was a working restaurant. And literally, if you drive by the Triangle Diner, it's just like a restaurant that looks like it's ready to be functional. It just never opens. And everybody keeps asking, when's the Triangle Diner going to open? Uh, and, uh, so I it's mean, closed currently. Well, yeah. I mean, it's closed. But I think they rebuilt it and it's just sitting vacant. You know, like, like literally, if I were to go in there today, it, I mean, from my experience driving by, just looking at it, it looks like you could open it up tonight. In, start serving guests because because it just looks like it's never been used it looks like a brand new restaurant got built but nobody's using it well that's a shame because i've seen the pictures of it and it looks like it's just straight out of the 1950s like it hasn't changed since whenever it was built it looks like the, like the stereotypical classic american diner now yeah a lot a lot of people talk about the triangle diner and when it's going to open again so i i don't really remember the whole backstory of it but uh, I, I mean i think it's been around for a pretty long time so you mentioned earlier the apple blossom mall as a, a good place to go shopping I've heard of the Apple Blossom Festival and everything that that brings to the city of Richmond. Are you a big fan of, of that time of year, that big event, and what exactly goes on during that time? Oh, well, the, this past year when COVID hit, they shut it down. This upcoming year, there's no parade, but they're celebrating Apple Blossom. But in my opinion, Apple Blossom isn't Apple Blossom without the parade, unfortunately. And it just sucks that... Terry Bradshaw was slated to be the grand marshal and that ended up not going over as planned due to COVID. But in years past, in a normal setting, a normal year without a global pandemic going on, I mean, the Apple Blossom Festival is a whole week of sort of activities from various conferences and meet and greets. The, the, uh, the one I really like is the sports breakfast because you get a ton of good guests that come and speak to the people who buy tickets for the breakfast. Then you have the fireman's parade and the grand feature parade. And it's like, it brings everybody to Winchester. And I think that's what makes Winchester so unique is the fact that the apple blossom 
festival brings a whole bunch of celebrities and stuff to our area. It's like, man, how do I pick an area that's so close to a big festival? Because not a lot of towns can say, oh, we have this festival every year that brings in a huge crowd. And um, I, I, I mean, I'm sure it brings in a ton of revenue for local businesses and other businesses around the Winchester area as well. Um, the one thing that always sucks though, every apple blossom, it rains and it makes it so uh, I'm like, Oh yeah. I mean, I live in the area. I've done it before. I am not going out, but I mean, what, one of my favorite things to do during apple blossom, I would say is um, the midway because the, it, you'll find this very strange, but I go to the Midway and get fried Oreos. That's all I do. I mean, because fried Oreos are like a once-in-a-year treat for me because I, I rarely get the chance to have them, and every time I have a fried Oreo, they taste amazing. But yeah, I, other than that, I mean, the Apple Blossom Festival is a really great time to go out, see people, that you haven't seen in a while. I know a lot of buddies of mine from college come back just for Apple Blossom and stuff like that. And the parade is really cool as well. If you buy a seat or just are standing walking around, it's it's a great time. And I think it draws a lot of attention to Winchester and brings in a lot of great revenue as well. Yeah, sounds like, sounds like a, a great time. And you can never go wrong with fried Oreos. <laughs> you can't go wrong. Uh, so uh, another big focus of the podcast, of course, we're talking about the Winchester area, some of the things to do there, and we will get into the baseball side in a few minutes. But another big aspect of the podcast is we love talking about beer and we love drinking beer. So I know there are a couple of breweries around Winchester. If you're going out to a brewery one night, what's your favorite place to go? Which which one would you choose to go to? Well, I mean, with my work situation and stuff, I usually don't go out much. So to be honest, I've heard great glowing reviews about Winchester Brew Works, Altizian Brewing, and other places. The only brewery in Winchester I have ever been to was Broken Window. And they had good beer. I mean, uh, I'm no beer connoisseur, so to speak, so I don't really know what great beer is as compared to good beer and stuff but winchester brew works i've heard is really good with really good beer but i've i've never been there and altizian also i have never been there as well so i can't really speak on it but i mean other places i mean i love um going to piccadilly's grabbing a drink um but the one place i've been to was broken window it's i i I don't really want to say hole in the wall but it's just like a nice casual place you can go grab a beer with friends and what's cool about it benny's is literally right down the street you can grab pizza and bring it back and drink beer what what's better than that you know just camaraderating with your friends and family and having pizza and a beer and uh, I, I you can't get wrong um but you the breweries in winchester are more confided to like old town winchester i don't really know of any breweries that are like in the city limits and not in old town but i i 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the near future they were to try to bring a brewery out into the town limits so people don't have to drive into Old Town Winchester because obviously parking could be an issue and stuff, parking meters, stuff like that, parking garage, but uh, garages. But uh, the only one I can speak to, Matt, is Broken Window, and it, it was a good experience. But once again, I'm not really a beer connoisseur, so <laughs> if well, you, you know, know what I mean. That's that's a good enough review for me. I'll I'll definitely put it on the list if I'm ever in town. And the fact that it's really close to Benny's, that's a big selling point because, you know, you leave the brewery, you got to get something to eat. And a, a big slice of Benny's is the perfect thing to eat when you've had one or a few drinks. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. So talking about the baseball in Winchester, of course, I talked to Graham Knight on the board of the Winchester Royals, found out a little bit about the, the Royals, Winchester's Valley Baseball League team. Winchester also has Shenandoah University, which I know has a very successful baseball program. I've worked for the Rockingham County Baseball League for a couple of summers, and a lot of the players in that league come from uh, the Shenandoah University baseball team. So as a local and a sports fan, how big would you say the baseball scene is in Winchester? I, I think it's pretty big, Matt, um, with the Royals and the Shenandoah Hornets both playing baseball in that area. I, I think it draws in a big crowd, a big local crowd. It sets Winchester apart from a big baseball town with a major league baseball team. But, I mean, it's small, it's local, and it's fun to go to. It's like you see people you know at every game. And it's more like a high school baseball sort of atmosphere, if you know what I mean. But – um. I, I I really think it bra- draws in a local crowd, and it's just a fun place to hang out. And it, what, one thing that's cool, you can actually interact with the players after the game. So, like, you can say, hey, good game, and you, you can interact, which I, I think is huge for the young kids and um, – everything like that who's like oh wow i want to be a baseball player one day or something along those lines and um i I, in the food i've been to a few royals games the food is pretty good you can't get wrong with a hot dog there and um it's just a fun time um the only thing about it is the royals in the shenandoah hornets uh share a baseball field so uh, I, I I heard they're doing some improvements. I can't speak on what exactly they're doing, but I think they're making some improvements to make the baseball field and the uh, stuff around it a little bit better. Um, and hopefully that could go towards fan experience as well. But the whole Valley Baseball League as a whole, it's really fun just watching um, these guys competing and stuff. And it's really fun baseball. Um from what I've seen. Definitely. It definitely is. And uh, like I said, I've never made it to a Winchester Royals game. I've been to uh, plenty of Turks games growing up in Harrisonburg. I've been to Stanton. Uh, I've been to Newmarket, but really those are the only three I've been to. I need to, I need to get around the Valley more and make it to some more of these Valley baseball league stadiums. All right. So last question for you. If, if you have somebody visiting from out of town, say I'm coming to visit Winchester for a day and but just for this for this hypothetical, let's say that COVID doesn't exist. <laughs> you know that would that would be nice. 
Um, and so we can do anything we want, go anywhere we want. Everything's open. If you were planning out a day, what would you include on that day? What would the itinerary be like? And it, it ends with a, a Winchester Royals baseball game. So what would we do during the day? Well, um, first and foremost, um, if you've never been to Winchester, um, I take you to the walking mall because I feel like if you go to Winchester, you have to check out the walking mall. Like same with any small town with a unique style main street. That is Winchester's unique style main street, in my opinion. And then, um, take you to not a chain restaurant, but a restaurant that's well known in Winchester that a lot of people like then um I mean obviously that maybe take you to Jim Barnett Park that's always a good place to go if not to play disc golf just to walk around and there are trails there um obstacle course sort of where you do certain exercises along the trail and so on and so forth and um And then, I mean, there's a pond next to Jim Barnett. Obviously, if you like fishing, that'd be one thing I'd plan. And then, um, I mean, other than that, stay in the Winchester area. And then the baseball park is literally at Jim Barnett Park. So, literally, just go up and watch a baseball game um, and grab a hot dog and watch some good baseball. You know, that's sort of how I would plan it out. Um, uh, But starting with the walking mall because I feel like everybody who comes to Winchester should check out the um, old town walking mall. Well, that sounds like a good day to me. And of course, got to end it with a baseball game and a hot dog. Sounds like a great ending to a good day in Winchester. Josh, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on and telling me a little bit about your hometown and what there is to do in the area. And uh, I, I look forward to this upcoming summer. Hopefully the Valley Baseball League season is able to get underway and uh, and we'll have some Royals games and maybe I'll be able to make it out to a game finally. Yeah, that'd be fun, Matt. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks again to Josh and Graham for joining us on the podcast and helping us learn a little bit more about the Winchester area. I hope you all learned something on today's episode and I hope you enjoyed our visit to Winchester. Make sure to keep following us along on our journey and tune in next week as we continue our travels around the state of Virginia. For now in Winchester, I'm Matthew Atkins for Baseball Across the Commonwealth.